Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit fightradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, joining us from England is our guest, Julia Paulette Hollenberry, and we will be talking about her work and new book, The Healing Power of Pleasure, Seven Medicines for Rediscovering the Innate Joy of Being. Hidden just below the surface of ordinary, everyday reality, lies an abundance of pleasure and delight. By learning to look beyond your daily challenges to ease your stressed mind and body, you can rediscover the magic, mystery, sensuality, and joy that is possible in everyday life. Taking you through a step-by-step sensual journey of healing and transformation, Julia Hollenberry explains how pleasure is all around us and explores seven easily accessible spiritual, quote, medicines or pathways to discover more sensual pleasure and delight in your body, relationships, and way of being. Julia Paulette Hollenberry is an internationally published author, therapist, and mystic. She skillfully blends healing modalities, Grinberg Method, craniosacral therapy, and family constellations, with authentic spirituality, spiritualism, tantra and inquiry, and her own innate wisdom. For more information, you can visit Julia. By, um, you can learn more about Julia by visiting her website, which is the universe of deliciousness.com. And it's universe of deliciousness.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Julia to the show. Good day, Julia. Hello, Robert. I am happy to have you with me today to talk about pleasure. (laughs) What fun. Let's see what we might create together. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I often, you know, to me it's interesting, um, you know, when the topics that authors write about. Now, my first book was Joy Potential, so joy was mine. Now, yours is pleasure. And to me it's just – Always um, interesting, you know, the topics, you know. So, obviously, pleasure is a very good topic to be talking about every day um, and to experience. So, um, let's start with, um, well, you know, I think we should probably start with your childhood. Let's talk about a little bit about your experiences which led you up to, you know, this area of study. So, can you tell us a little bit about your childhood or your past, where you kind of came from? Sure. Um, there's many different ways to to share about that, actually. Um, in many ways, I was a child in the garden, connected with everything, with a sense of the rich sensuality and freedom of being in the garden with the insects and the brightly colored flowers and the big blue sky. And at the bottom of our garden were golden wheat fields leading up to the horizon. There, really, I could be. 
And that was kind of in contrast to, I guess, the socialized life inside the house or inside the school, which felt to me much more limited. <clears throat> where a lot less was possible. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was going to say, so with that, you know, recognition of limitedness, you know, in, in the, can you maybe explain to us um, how that limited nature, that kind of, I guess, the social situations, can you tell us a, a bit about um, how it um, educates us to be limited in thinking? I um, I remember hearing that everybody hates this. Nobody likes this. You just have to do it. And mm-hmm. um, that seemed crazy to me when so much more was possible. And... Um, Everyone has their own version of that, of trying to fit ourselves into little boxes and pulling our shoulders in tighter or our legs in closer, sitting neatly, not speaking or speaking a lot, trying to fit, I guess, almost all of us become smaller along the way. And our wishes is to become our real big, joyful, pleasurable, embodied, sensual selves. So let's talk a little bit about um, pleasure in this particular book. First of all, how would you describe the experience of pleasure? I smile in response to your question. It is... um, subtle and all over the body and delicious and melting and surprising and humbling and unexpected and the time when we slow down enough to be willing to really feel Do you feel that um, the experience of pleasure is innate or is that something that's learned or is it a combination of both? It's a juicy question. I guess it's a combination of both. I mean, it's definitely a combination of internal and external stimulus. It's 100% innate. I remember when my daughter, when my baby was small, and all the books say, you know, babies don't laugh. And I remember my baby laughing, and you definitely laugh from pleasure and delight, right? Mm-hmm. The beginning. All that nuzzling with mummy, 
is absolutely pleasurable. And we learn, don't we, from the beginning, food is pleasurable and contact with other people is pleasurable and reassuring. And then we step out into the world and find that contact with other people is pleasurable and sometimes challenging and nature. And then I guess we widen as we explore in the world to find all the very many different sources of pleasure and what it is that delights us individually and in the very moment. But sometimes the light striking the leaf will be so beautiful and so delightful for us. And on another day, we'll be busy and distracted and that So it's both what is happening and our willingness to really notice our response to what is happening. Yeah. Now, a good point that you just brought up was uh, the recognition that what is pleasurable for differs for each person and that also possibly um, what strikes us individually as, as pleasurable can differ, correct? I, so, I, I, hmm. I, I would say so that, so is the key to the experience, the, the sensation that we receive that kind of turns on the light that this is a pleasurable experience? Sensation, definitely, but also sensitization, being sensitive to it. It seems to me that our world is tuned to a kind of fast, false pleasure. You know, we have all these ideas that if we um, work hard, suffer first, then we get a reward whatever it may be, right, a holiday, a cigarette, a cup of tea, mm-hmm. um, a hamburger. And we kind of um, accept or often accept those um, norms of what is pleasurable um, rather than really, really taking the sensual adventurous journey of exploring what exactly is it that feels really good to me and... Um, mm. That takes time and it takes choice and it takes bother and it takes no cost, right? It's just curiosity mm-hmm. and getting real with what really is delightful. So in this yeah. moment, I can feel the deliciousness in my wrists of all places, right? <laughs> That that is certainly um, being sensitized uh, um, or sensitive to the mm. uh, to the recognition of of um, pleasure is um, is like the key component in being able to I, I guess um live the experience and possibly recreate it for the future of what we often call pleasure is um 
if you like, part of the uh, trauma release process, you know, and real pleasure has a different quality to it. It's really satisfying and it's really um, relaxing. And yes, it's the willingness to really feel it, to really be it. It enables us. Um, yeah. You know, with um, there, there are some who believe that um, pleasure um, is um, is kind of hedonistic. It's, it's selfish. It, it's uh, you know that I mean, some people feel that you know it's, if, if you are experiencing pleasure, you're doing something wrong. I mean, is, is there a um, what would you say is the um, maybe the the genesis of that idea where you know pleasure um, is something to be wary of? Well, if we look at the Garden of Eden story, <laughs> uh-huh. it is punitive. It is. full of transgression and the idea that we uh, begin existentially wrong and that we're not worthy and that we have to make all this effort and do all this stuff in order to be I guess very often children are also motivated in our culture by the rewards of being told they're a good girl or a good boy or the reward of sugar if you do mm-hmm. whatever it is that you're supposed to do, rather than the idea that joy and pleasure are innate to our being, to our way of life, and in fact is a positive resource that enriches our lives and those of the people around us. Because, of course, when we're filled up with good pleasure, with real pleasure, we radiate a kind of satisfaction and happiness. And then we are more generous and kind to other people. It creates a kind of positive vortex as opposed to negative cycles where we feel we can never get enough and we're trying to grab what we think is a short-term pleasure from other people perhaps at the expense of other people and that's a very um, different kind of thing not what we're speaking about here yeah you know the, the one thing that um we had just said about uh, deriving success, uh, pleasure um, at the expense of others. Would you do you feel that 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 particular um, perspective is what maybe you use to delineate, you know, like true pleasure, good pleasure, so to speak, versus um, a destructive part of pleasure? 
I don't think pleasure is ever really destructive. It's the stories we tell, the context around it. And when pleasure is squashed, denied, not allowed, I think it does try to go underground or dominate others or um, become stagnant or abusive, right? And this Mm -hmm. idea, again, that we have to work hard in order to be entitled to pleasure as a reward rather than life is sweet. We are sweet. Life is sensual. We're sensual. It's part of the very... ...and supports good working and supports good health. It's a good way of life. Yeah. Yeah, Now, I have you every now and then going in and out, Julia. I I think it might just be the the nature of of the connections, but um, just if it um, persists, maybe we'll we'll have have you reconnect. But right at the moment, it's just very temporary. So I just wanted to touch the listeners know that, you know, they're um, aware of that uh, possibly happening. Um, Okay, so what led you to write this book? Thanks for asking. Um, I always knew that I would write a book when I was a small child. I always knew that I would write it. Half a lifetime ago, I began writing a raw, emotional outpouring, knowing that when I was older, more mature, evolved, healed, that I would write the second part. And for all those people who have felt hurt and lost and confused and to know that it absolutely is possible to make the tremendous healing journey from pain to pleasure. And I wrote it because it's something my heart has always known and wanted to share. And I had to grow myself up, transform myself, go through my own healing journey in order to be able to have the capacity to put it into words and paragraphs and chapters so that other people could understand, enjoy, and benefit, I hope. Yeah. Well, you know, I've often noticed that when it comes to writing books, that um, some I, I know in my case what happened is that sometimes I would try to force you know the writing of the book whether what I wanted and, and that kind of thing. But what I soon realized is that I had life to live before the book, so that I would be able to reference the book. So I mean, reference it in the book. So I mean, it's, it's kind of like you have to the book will come when the experiences have been lived and ready to be told i think there are many ways that people can write books but i know that for me that at a certain moment there was a choice it just happened and there was a tremendous outpouring and the whole book just got (laughs) written and i 
stream and it um, absolutely includes all the teachings and conversations and experiences and explorations and mistakes and findings and um, you know so much gets put in, in into a project like this and um, There was absolutely a sense of um, life co-creating the book with me when I was in the process of writing. There was um, a lot of synchronistic moments and events and it was really clear that the writing was being supported and it was really clear as well that the book was to go out to the world and I'm, of course, absolutely It's happened that uh, the publisher is indeed sending this book out into the world. So I do feel it's been um, written not just from my lived experience, but also mm-hmm. it's being carried along by something <laughs> uh-huh. out into the world. It's intended that, to reach people, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a good feeling when you get the... Uh, you know the confirmation, even if it's subtle, that the work is appropriate for the time and place in which it is being released. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and of course, we've all just been through and are still going through not easy times, especially. So, um, I'm hoping no, do- well physicality and pleasurability. Yeah, now, in keeping in mind that, you know, that challenge, that huge challenge globally that we're going through, do you feel that um, it is maybe highlighting um, some of the pleasures that we experience that we maybe um, don't realize and that it's, it's highlighting some things that we find pleasurable that maybe we took for granted that, you know, is, is something that is just life and it doesn't really fall within the, the realm of pleasurable. Do you know what I mean? I think we've all been stuck for a long time in this work hard culture devices and online life and one of the things that this time of great difficulty has shown us is the importance of our physical health, the importance of relationships with other people, the importance of the nourishment of pleasure and it feels to me as if we might well be in a kind of paradigm shift from glamorizing busy busy work hard burnout way of life to realizing that we can live in a much more balanced way with a lot more care and kindness towards ourselves and others and that's rooted not in the mental not in the um 
non-stop digital devices, but it's rooted in the body and it's rooted in relationships. So do you feel that maybe um, that, uh, I guess, sensitization of um, a pleasure, you know, the, the, that recognition, is, is that key to um, understanding what we find pleasure and following a path to increase more of that in our life? Well, yes. I mean, being numb, being zoned out, is not coping mechanism mm. and the more sensitive we become step by step slowly slowly we're not talking about great overwhelm but it really enables us to find more pleasure and delight in simple things whether it's a chocolate biscuit a bird in the garden or a conversation with our child it's um It means we can notice the detail. We can notice the detail of the shine in somebody's eye or the color of their hair or the texture of being hugged or touched or the delight of a fragrance or a music or a delicious meal or, um, I mean, I can go on, right? The list is yeah. <laughs> uh, endless and individual. But it's about yeah. bothering. It's about bothering to come out of our endless to-do lists in order to sense the body and in order to notice what's here. And um, it makes everything fun. And that's not to say that there isn't still difficulty and, um, you know, it's, it's not to say that, the, 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 that there isn't also, of course, sometimes pain and challenge and confusion and, 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 and all the other things. But it's tempered, it's balanced by more pleasurability woven into the life. And that's a delightful thing. It's a delightful thing to include ourselves. It's a delightful thing to not just push ourselves really hard like non-stop doing machines. It's delightful to realize that we have value and worth and are entitled. Absolutely very many small and big ways to do that. Yeah, um, we're, we're getting close to halfway through the show, Julia, so I do want to invite listeners, if you would like to call in and ask Julia any questions, you can call in at 619-789-4359, and for those listening live in the chat room, if you have any questions, feel free to pose them there. Um, but before we go to break, Julia, I want to talk a little bit about deliciousness you mentioned you know the um, as far as the meal you mentioned delicious and now your your website is universe of com. so can you tell us a bit about that universe <laughs> the original title of the book was the universe of deliciousness it is mm, it's the 
to be delicious. And that can be the external things that we've been talking about. But it can also be just really being with oneself in the moment and where everything kind of breaks open, melts, softens. And the whole body or parts of the body or unexpected parts of the body come online and light up. And it's a realm that has been spoken about for centuries and in many different cultures by mystics in different spiritual traditions. And it is freely available to anyone and everyone at no cost. Yet the way to enter is through paying attention. And my wish is that we could all enjoy a dance in the universe of deliciousness. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't yeah. it be fun if we were all filled <laughs> up with the good stuff and that we were operating from a state of being mm, relaxed and happy and Most definitely. <laughs> it would be wonderful. Now, one of the things I noticed that when you kind of talk about that, um, that universe of deliciousness, in one topic you bring up in the book, you talk about bliss. Um, and can, can you talk, I mean, is, is bliss um, a, an expression of the head deliciousness um, or, or pleasure? I think that all of these are different words that point to the same thing okay. Um, okay. or to similar things. And for me, absolutely, I'm talking about an embodied state of bliss, pleasure, deliciousness. It's not some um, disconnected, floaty state. It's absolutely in the body, in the flesh in the wrists and ankles, in the buttocks on the chair and the feet on the earth. It's the bliss of the here and now. It's the deliciousness of being on the earth. It's the pleasure of the possibilities of this life. So it is absolutely spiritual, also absolutely material. It's really in and of this world. And my sense, my experience, my knowing, the invitation that it is possible when both are embraced and I, I yeah I mean I, mm -hmm. I, I, I yeah okay good good well we're going to take um, just that quick break um, right now and then again I do want to invite listeners if you want to call in and ask any questions you can call in at 619-789-4359 um, and then when we come back from commercial Julia I want to dive into the seven quote medicines um, that you describe in your book um, for rediscovering the joy of being okay sure great everyone stay tuned we'll be right back after this brief break hello this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. 
Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our homepage. Our website, byteradio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us again today. My very special guest joining us today from the UK is Julia Paulette Hollenberry, and we are talking about her work and her new book, The Healing Power of Pleasure, Seven Medicines for Rediscovering the Innate Joy of Being. And again, you can find out more about Julia and the book by visiting her website, which is universeofdeliciousness.com. Okay, with that, we're back. Julia? Hi. Hey, okay. So I want to take some time to explore the seven medicines um, for modern times that uh, you talk about in your book, just to give an, an overview and highlight for the listeners. So first of all, um, you, you describe them as medicines, I mean, you know, in, you know, in quotes, but I mean, can you talk about the, I guess, the medicinal aspect of you know of pleasure um can you tell us about how that affects us physically where you know, where, where is the medicine part of this um pleasure as a whole i think is the nourishment that we all need to balance the challenges and difficulty of life and that brings our body and being back into alignment, into balance. And modernity is so overstimulated and overstretched and overstressed. More of the delight. Mm. So the seven mm-hmm. medicines are a journey for entering the realm of the universe of deliciousness. And the book is a step-by-step guide. And shall I go on about the medicine? Shall I tell you about them? Wow. Well, 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 we, let's, yeah, well, let's go ahead and we'll, we'll start with one. Okay, let's, we'll go through kind of each of them and, and kind of indicate, you can indicate, you know, this role. Like, for example, the, the first one is slow, the medicine yeah. of slowing. So tell us about that, about the idea of slowing. Um, So each of the medicines is, I call them medicines because they're a 
paradigm shift in perception and they're also there's a wealth of practical exercises slow is about what we've talked about um, in terms of beginning the process of sensitization and of unifying the mind and the body because very often the mind is racing very fast distracted and thinking about all sorts of different things in the past and in the future and the body is in a different location many people i mean for example eat and watch the television or go to the gym while watching the television or have sex while thinking about other things and just in ordinary working life of course the body is sat still in one place while the mind is racing around so slowing down is about of anxious expectations opinions judgments and it's a vibrational slowing down so we're not talking about literally necessarily sitting still but vibrationally mm. slowing down out of that rapidity so that the body and the mind are at the similar tempo so that there is more unification and the possibility of more sensitivity. Now, in each of these medicines or each of these sections um, under the, the medicine um, aspect, the seven medicines, you, you list practices for sensitivity. You mentioned the practicality of that that is part of your book as well so um in this particular one of the flowing the practices are for sensitivity um can you give us maybe an example of a practice for sensitivity you know i don't remember right now exactly what i've even written <laughs> but but what comes to mind right now mm -hmm. is to invite you and me and listeners to pay attention to notice the feet on the ground right now and just to sense into whatever is there and it may be nothing or it may be something you may be able to feel the contact of the ground or the carpet or the stone or the shoe under the sole of the foot you may be able to feel the you may feel all sorts of things yeah. but just bringing attention to the feet is slowing okay so and i, I can understand in our harried world that we live in you know the the idea i mean slowing recall slow but I think it's real important like you mentioned that you were speaking of vibrationally you know the the vibration of flowing so for some people um, who are naturally active um, that you know it, it wouldn't be going against their 
nature um, to adjust vibrational flow. I mean, to, to, to address their vibration and that it's not necessarily the physical flowing. But so, I mean, it's one of those things, because I think when, when people think of flowing there, they immediately go to the physical aspect of flowing, you know, mm-hmm. rather than the vibrational. Running a race, dancing, kickboxing, they're all good. Doesn't mean slowing down physically. Yeah. So someone like running a race, uh. though very, very active, might be for them a very calming, balancing, um, sensational kind of alignment, where for others it would be quite the contrary. A lot of physical activity takes us out of our heads and much more into contact with our I think I lost you there. Hello, Julia. I'm still here. I'm sorry if you lost oh, me. Okay. I haven't moved. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know. I, it's, I guess this is transatlantic connection that we have here today. Um, that's kind of slowing things down. But, um, okay, so aside from falling, that was kind of one of the medicines. Another one of the medicines, uh, number two, is, is body, the medicine of embodying um, and practices of embodiment. So talk to us about the body as um, as a medicine. Well, life is really lived through the body. It's not lived... Easy to say as a concept, right? Harder for us to do because of our personal histories, because of the way that society is. So coming into contact with our feelings and our sensations in our body is a practice. Coming into contact with our breath, coming into contact with here and now, whether it is mm, slightly uncomfortable or mm, rather lovely. So the practices um, include physicality and breath and verbal dialogue and track what is going on in the body and Be more body, basically. Mm-hmm. Be more here and now. Be more real in our vulnerability and in our strengths. And that comes through contact with the body. And in the book, I also talk a lot about the amazing, beautiful, fantastic physiology of the body an appreciation, the amazingness of the way that we're built. Because, of course, underneath our smooth skin is a wonderful choreography of 
many different things. And when we appreciate the body in that way, it also brings that is connecting for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, the, it seems that the being mindful of our body, our actions, our environment, um, and the impact on our body is, um, is it's a real important um, perspective or, or, or awareness maybe that that would help us um, be um, more ready to accept and, and recognize pleasure, pleasurable experiences. But I guess to, to maximize what those experiences would be. Yeah. yeah. When we are we squish ourselves, we hold our breath, we squish ourselves physically, tense our muscles, squash ourselves to take up less space, deny ourselves the rest that we may need or the food that we may need, the habits of overriding the signals of the body um, are entrenched and learning to pay attention to the arising sensations, to the arising feelings, to the arising needs and wants and wishes of the body is beautiful. Yeah, very much. Yeah. Now, uh, another, the third of, of the medicines that you list in the book is depth, the medicine of deepening. Um, boy, can you, can you tell us about that? Because, I mean, it seems that sometimes we live in a life of superficialness. <laughs> I guess that's, I don't know if that's a word. But of the idea of, you know, we kind of live life on the surface. So can you tell us a little bit about the importance of deepening? Well, you've summarized depth beautifully. I uh, write about how there is so much more going on than meets the eye and in every aspect, whether we look in biology or physics or chemistry or many other examples, most of the time, most of us are living only a very narrow bandwidth of reality. And then, and what's not. So, again, beginning to open up to the tremendous abundance of life, to the depth of life, to the depth of feeling, to the depth of sensation, to the depth of information, to the depth of connections that are possible is profound. And yeah. again, good stuff. You see, mm, yeah, <laughs> all of these seem to bring a reward of relaxation and satisfaction. And that's just so lovely to me. I mean, mm, 
often a lot of spiritual stuff is kind of really um, serious and um, it is serious but I think it's fun and feels good and yay basically <laughs> yeah yeah very much so um so, so I, I want to get we only have about 10 minutes left so i really can i want to get through the the rest of them just again sure. a highlight so relationship the idea of the medicine of relating and, and i think we've seen over this last uh, couple you know 18 months um relationships the importance of relationships kind of rising to a new level of awareness is is that what you've seen also We've been, prior to this, we've really been in the cult of the individual, individual and competition, right, self-definition. And we're beginning to realize no person is an island. We absolutely need our communities and our contact. Yeah, very much. And, go ahead, I'm sorry. In a network, we live in in a world of interconnection whether that's with the trees and the insects and the animals as well as the people and acknowledging and actively participating in those relationships again is satisfying and nourishing and pleasing and while we're talking i must tell you that my black cat outside is meowing (laughs) and wanting to come in and absolutely (laughs) exemplifying that we're always in relationship with others Uh They want to be a part of the conversation. Absolutely. <laughs> so, wonderful. Um, and another um, was the, the medicine of sensing. Um, so, you know, one of the things that, that um, I think in our harried world is sometimes we um, neglect some of the information that we are sensing, you know, that, that we're kind of maybe too busy or too distracted to recognize some messages being sent to us via our senses. So can you talk about just the, just the whole idea of being aware of sensational kinds of experiences and and what's in the interaction with pleasure. Well, again, I think when we're stressed and we must meet our deadline or must do a million tasks, we override the messages that are reaching us from the body or from outside. We feel that it's ineffective and we can't afford the time to do that. And yet they contain and they are prompts towards health and wholeness and happiness because life through the body is always guiding us towards the best possible outcomes. And we override those messages, those impulses, those sensations. By habit, yeah. and we can choose to do something different. Yeah, and, and that choose to do something different kind of really fits right into the next um, medicine, uh, the medicine of, of power or of empowering. So, um, is that the message in that particular one to recognize 
recognize that and use that power that we have within? Um, a power is and here we are talking and it won't be news for you of course the power of authenticity the power of vulnerability the power of being real and or being real authentic and vulnerable is powerful is our real power perhaps through circles and rises and fall rather than straight lines it's the power of embracing ourselves as we actually are and, and the um the last one of the the medicines listed ha- has to do with um it's called potency the medicine mm-hmm. of aliveness um, and practices for potential. So tell us about uh, what one would learn in that particular segment. When I was writing the book, I knew all what needed to be written, except for potential. I really had to reach <laughs> to find the answers for that one. And it's what I hinted at earlier. It's really, it seems to me, about embracing the opposite brings us into balance. And it's something we actively um, need to and can pay attention to. All of us become lopsided, right? We usually write with one hand or we usually, you know, at the simplest level, cross our arms in one way or, or step forward with a particular foot. And we can choose to do that differently. We can choose to um, include a bit of the masculine inside and outside of being of equal value, that it's just as important, our internal universe, as the external universe. So... Um, It's like the image of the caduceus, you know, the um, Mm -hmm. snakes um, Mm -hmm. twirling around the medical straight staff, this ancient symbol. So potential is really about actively, continually bringing ourselves back into balance by, again, really small acts of noticing and paying attention. We can bring ourselves back into satisfying alignment and activate and maximize our potential. And sometimes doing something different. Um, so, yeah, potential yeah. is a lot of fun, you know, and we all want to be and live absolutely our truest, best selves, of course. Yeah, you know, and, and sometimes potential is hard to define, um, and, and for ourselves, sometimes when we're in the, the midst of living life, um, that it's sometimes difficult to look to, to find um, uh, alternatives or to to look for our potential and, and ways that we can um, live. 
better and happier. So, gosh, we're down toward the end of the show, Julia. So what, you know, what do you feel that your book can help people with during these um, intense times that we're involved with right now? I guess it's a reminder that life is lived in the body and that we don't need a lot in many ways in order to be satisfied. But we do need to slightly adjust our orientation. It's a small shift. And it's a major shift. And that brings the kind of stability and confidence and resilience and emotional adaptability and creativity that I think we all need. Because when you tune into the body, when you can hear the promptings of the soul, you can hear the inner wisdom responding in the moment to the immediate circumstances and in these uncertain times what we need to be able to do is to access that our inner wisdom not the old mental libraries of what worked before but to be open to surprising arising information that may prompt us in a different direction perhaps we'd thought of it's um, something we can all rely on those promptings and that mixture Mm -hmm. of inner wisdom and pleasure are woven together and we can trust ourselves and guidance we can with practice with bothering with noticing come into contact with our own wise guidance. And I think that's needed by us all, always, but especially now. I I, I agree. Well, Julia, I really want to thank you for your time today. Um, I know that I will be looking at pleasure from a very different perspective. Um, And I appreciate you sharing and, and opening the listeners up to the idea of, of, you know, pleasure is a good thing, not something to be shunned, but it is to be experienced. So I really appreciate your time today. Thank you for inviting me. It's been fun chatting with you. Thanks. Great. It's my pleasure. Now, um, I do notice that on your website that you are on various social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. So if people use those particular platforms, they can follow you, follow you there, um, which I will. Um, so I I'm look forward to following your journey, Julia, and, and keeping in touch. Thanks. Have a great afternoon. Thank you. You as well. Um, Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Julia Paulette Hollenbury, and we've been talking about her work and her new book, The Healing Power of Pleasure, Seven Medicines for Rediscovering the Innate Joy of Being. 
And again, you can find out more by visiting her website, which is www.universeofdeliciousness.com. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at byteradio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.